Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, the team adds another coach to the staff. We'll tell you who it is and what position he'll be coaching. Also, you'll hear about some New England tendencies as far as free agency goes from Doug Kai to Pro Football Focus and a lot of responses to the trade proposals that were talked about on Monday's show. Your calls and texts will close things out. It's all coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for Tuesday, February 22nd, 2022. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders, win. part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're to win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. And welcome into another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen each and every day. Remember, you can find the Locked On Raiders podcast free and available on all platforms, as many of you do. Again, I cannot thank you enough for the uh, constant support of the show, telling you we have more downloads and more downloads and more downloads each and every day. We're already on record pace uh, for another great year here on the podcast, so definitely cannot thank you enough for the constant support here of the Locked On Raiders podcast. And got a lot to get to on today's show. I'll tell you, There was a ton of response to the trade proposals thrown out there by Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Packers that I had on Monday's show. A lot of calls, a lot of texts. I'll try to get to as many of those as possible on today's show. But I just love the fact that so much of Raider Nation was so engaged and so locked in on those trade proposals. And please believe with the success of that one, it won't be the only one. Uh, Now that I know that different hosts of the shows could really kind of collaborate like that and work on things together, uh, that might be a good idea throughout the course of the offseason. So we'll do that some more. But uh, thank you so much for all the response. And we'll get to those coming up in segment number three. Right now, though, let's go ahead and talk about the new coach that was added to the Raiders roster. There's not too many coaches that still need to be added, but one that I've talked about a couple times, the running back coach. And according to Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, he said the Raiders are expected to hire Kennedy Palomalu as their running backs coach. Palomalu spent the past five seasons in Minnesota where he was well-regarded. Uh, he was a running back coach in Minnesota from 2017 to 2021. And yes, he is the uncle of Troy Palomalu. Now, Coach Palomalu has been around the game for a very long time. He's been a coach in some capacity since 94. That was the college game. He was in the college game from 94 to 2002 when he was eventually hired by the Cleveland Browns. And then from 2005 to 2009, he was with the Jacksonville Jaguars, went back to college in 2010 up until 2017 when he was hired by the Vikings. And now he's in the silver and black with the Raiders. So he is the new Raiders running back coach. Now, the Raiders have not confirmed this yet, but again, Tom Pelissero put it out from the NFL Network, put it out Monday evening on Twitter. So pretty much much is a done deal even though the Raiders are very slow when it comes to announcing their official hires they still haven't talked about Fran Brown being hired as a defensive line coach and I'm sure at some point they'll go ahead and roll out all the names that have been hired but they're not doing it just as soon as one coach gets hired boom they put out an email or whatever uh, they're going to kind of wait so uh, all of it will be rolled out sooner rather than later but just another name to add to the mix right there Kennedy Palomalu and I do think that the Raiders are doing a really good job hiring some really good coaches that have a lot of respect across the NFL and not because I know every one of these coaches and think, oh man, he does a great job. But you could just tell kind of by the responses of the guys that have been around the league or even that cover that certain team, like, oh man, that's a big deal right there. So uh, I like the fact that most of the guys that I'm seeing the Raiders hire as far as the coaching staff goes have been getting a lot of really good respect across the NFL, which is something different 
You know, it's not what we're really used to as far as Raider fans go, right? We're not usually used to that. Usually the Raiders make a hire and everyone's like, oh, yeah, womp, womp, womp. That was a, that was a snoozer. But uh, for the most part, all these hires that the Raiders have been making, Josh McDaniels and company, have been getting the double thumbs up from people across the league. And speaking of the double thumbs up, there was another guy added to the Raiders front office, Sean Herrick. And this is according to Ian Rappaport from NFL Network. He tweeted out the Raiders are adding a familiar and respected voice to their scouting department. Sean Herrick is joining the Las Vegas Raiders as a personnel advisor advisor a former Raiders executive he's back to do pro and college scouting under GM Dave Ziegler and if that Herrick name uh, sounds familiar it's because Ken Herrick who is his dad is actually one of those who actually helped the Raiders put together their coaching staff when they were doing the search and bringing in Dave Ziegler and bringing in Josh McDaniels so Sean Herrick is a guy who's very familiar with the Raiders and now he's back in a scouting role for pro and college scouting under GM Dave Ziegler another one that gets two thumbs up across the NFL. Now, I've been trying to tell anyone that will listen who I'd love to see the Raiders grab in the first round of the 2022 NFL draft coming up in April. And I, as a matter of fact, I've been saying that they're going to have to trade up to go get this guy. And that's Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner from uh, Cincinnati. He's a big-time defensive back, a lockdown guy. And I keep saying that the Raiders have need to trade up for him. I want to give you a couple stats. And this comes from Field Yates. He tweeted this out on Monday. He said, two crazy stats around Cincinnati cornerback Ahmad Sauce Gardner, who stands at six foot three and 200 pounds. He didn't allow more than 13 yards to any receiver in a game this past season. Think about that. Only 13 yards, no more than 13 yards to any receiver all season long. You tell me the Raiders couldn't use a guy like that? Now, I'm not saying his success is going to be the exact same in the NFL, but that's pretty damn stingy as far as a quarterback goes in the league. And then this one's even better than that. He didn't allow a touchdown catch in his entire college career. We talked about Casey Hayward for the majority of the 2021 season that he didn't allow a touchdown catch all year. This dude didn't allow a touchdown catch in his entire college career. That's how good this guy is. And again, at six foot three, 200 pounds, I think he would be a perfect fit in the Patrick Graham system that he wants to run, want to run a lot of that, uh, that, that press man coverage. I think he would be perfect with that. Plus, not only that, he's a guy that gets his hands on the ball and he comes down with the interceptions, a guy that the Raiders need. You want to talk about a throwback Raider. That just sounds like a throwback Raider, somebody that they would have drafted similar to like a Namdi Asamoah, you know what I mean? And, and probably more successful than Namdi was even when he came into the league because it took Namdi a while before he became successful, before he became that shutdown guy, and he still didn't come up with a bunch of interceptions. I think the first year that he got an interception in his career, I think he had a lot. He got eight that year, but then he really only got one or zero the rest of his career because they stopped throwing his way. But Ahmad Sauce Gardner, he could be that dude. So he ain't going to be available at number 22, most mock drafts. I'm looking at right now have them going anywhere from number eight to number 15. If the Raiders want to be aggressive, if they want to put together a hell of a defensive backfield, uh, you want to go and get uh, a guy like Sauce Gardner. You want to trade up and go get that guy. Uh, I know there's other guys that you can sit there at 22 and get, but I think that that's the cream of the crop right there. I think that that's the dude that you've got to target. You want to talk about being aggressive and really going out there and getting the playmakers. That would be the one for me. Go out and get Cincinnati cornerback Ahmad Sauce Gardner. Trade up. Do whatever you got to do to go get him. Now, my final nugget I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Wanted to give you an update on the scouting combine. I talked about it on Monday's show that uh, a lot of agents were trying to kind of put together a boycott and, and say that they weren't going to go through
through with it because the NFL and they had all decided that they were going to do a, a bubble type system for everyone that was going to the combine and the agents and the players were trying to push back on that. I didn't like it. I said, hey, look, you got to come up with a middle even some kind of middle ground because look, this is something that the players need. The combine is a big deal. And some people don't agree. Some people think the combine is not a big deal. I think it is as far as players getting to know some of these uh, these coaches and, and these scouts and GMs and having that interview time and obviously the medicals. Well, there have been multiple updates on that. According to Adam Schefter, uh, he put this out on Twitter. He said agents are getting on the same page to ask the combine to unbubble thereby giving players complete access to their physical therapy and performance teams. Additionally, they're asking for a change to the scheduled day of bench press testing in a return to all previous years. Agents are not threatening a boycott, but rather considering advising the players in mass to hold off on workouts until pro day. They'll still encourage players to participate in medical interview and non-physical testing. Clubs have expressed privately that they are fine with players not working out at the combine and are more interested in seeing players put their best foot forward. So there you go. There's a middle even right there as far as, you know, going ahead and doing the interviews and doing the medical, not necessarily doing the physical testing. You can wait till your pro day to do that. And then a little bit longer, Adam Schefter tweeted out, the combine has been unbubbled for players in attendance per a memo sent out this evening. So that was as of Monday night. So it seems like it's going to be a lot more closer to normal than expected. Uh, that bubble situation is now gone, and you see how quickly things change. You know, the uh, the agents and the players started talking about possibly boycotting it, and that got changed real quick, fast, in a hurry. But again, I, I like the middle ground. I like that they found a way to come to some kind of an agreement. And look, things still might change in between now and the beginning of the combine. But again, you want these players to have the best opportunity to succeed and get the best draft stock as possible. And a lot of that, again, I say goes back to the interviews and the medicals. Those are, in my opinion, the most important things. I don't care about a lot of the workouts. Uh, there's plenty of players that have had terrible workouts and are great players. You know, I mean, just simple as that. I don't care really about the underwear Olympics, but I do think it's important for those GMs and scouts to get in front of these players and get with them and just kind of pick their brain and figure out exactly who they are. So that's a good uh, step, in my opinion, that the NFL and the NFLPA has made to get things closer to normal than what was originally expected. Coming up in segment number two, you'll hear from Doug Kide. He's from Pro Football Focus, but he covered the Patriots for many years, knows the ins and outs of the New England system. Uh, he joined my show on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Friday, just talking about free agency and what we as Raider fans should expect the New England brass to do. You know, talking about uh, Dave Ziegler, talking about Josh McDaniels and all the others that have New England ties, what we all should expect. So you'll hear a breakdown of that interview coming up in segment number two. Before I get to any of that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.net and I know football season actually the game on the field is over we know but the offseason full throttle basketball it's full steam ahead just coming off the heels of the all-star game saw some really good college hoop games on Monday including Baylor Oklahoma State that went to overtime Baylor got the dub on that well you can get all the latest odds totals player performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land betonline.net is the number one spot for all your sporting needs they remain the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news all season long but guess what it's not just basketball betonline.net is your source for hockey boxing ufc you name it they've got it head to the website today or use your mobile device or your laptop and learn about the trends and action betonline.net that's where the game starts your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team 
every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to try to get to know the new front office for the Raiders before free agency starts. We talked a lot about free agency. We talked about trades, how the Raiders could be aggressive, how they can go all in like the Rams did, like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did, and try to get this thing done immediately, right? But really don't know a whole lot about the personalities of the front office. And so I had Doug Kide from uh, Pro Football Focus. He actually joined my show on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Friday just to talk about free agency and what to expect, kind of what the tendencies are of the guys as he's a guy who covered the New England Patriots. And the thing about it is, and I've been trying to do this ever since uh, the new coaching regime, actually before the coaching regime even was hired, you know, going through the, the, the interview process, I was trying to get to know these guys as much as possible because we already knew going back to Big Reggie, we knew what he would do. Like free agency, he was always slow out of the gates. Regardless how much money the Raiders had to spend, he was always slow out of the gates. He kind of just took his time, let it come to him, and I thought that he wasted multiple times where they had a lot of money because he didn't really get out there very aggressively. Then all of a sudden, here comes John Gruden, and of course, he was there with Reggie McKenzie the first year of Gruden return, and then got rid of him, brought in Mike Mayock, and they were very aggressive. They got right out of the gates and was like, boom, 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 boom. Let's, uh, you know, let's go ahead and give these guys contracts and let's get it done. And they did it quick, fast, and in a hurry. Some were good, some weren't. You know, mo- most of them weren't. You know, you look at Trent Brown, you look at Corey Littleton, you look at Tyrell Williams, you look at Antonio Brown. I mean, you see some of the moves that they made, you look back and say, eh, didn't really work. And then the draft, well, we all know about the draft as well. So now, okay, Dave Ziegler's in, in, in charge. He's the GM. Josh McDaniels is the head coach. They've got Champ Kelly there from, uh, from the Bears. He's also the assistant GM. So what are these guys? What are their approach? So this is why I had Doug on because, again, he covered the New England Patriots, so he had a really good idea, had a really good piece that he put out on Pro Football Focus, just kind of breaking it down. But I wanted to get a little bit more explanation from him. So let's go ahead and jump into some of the sound bites from him. I just got a handful that I want you to hear. And the first one was just the coaching staff that the Raiders have put together. What is his thoughts on the guys that the Raiders have been able to bring in as far as the front office and the coaching staff? Yeah, I, I'm a big fan of it. I, I know that some Raiders, at least from the jump, weren't that happy that that Josh McDaniels was getting hired as head coach, but I think he's ready to be be a head coach again. I think he's grown up quite a bit since he was with the Broncos. Uh, he was a much different Josh McDaniels over the last few years uh, in New England than he was during that head coaching tenure in Denver. And uh, I'm a big fan of Patrick Graham at defensive coordinator. I think that Dave Ziegler is a good choice there at, at, uh, at, at GM. And, you know, as for the rest of the staff, we'll, we'll see how it all goes. I know that a lot of guys are getting promotions from New England, like Nick Lombardi and Bo Hardigree and, and Carmen Brasil, a lot of these guys. Uh, I think they'll, they'll fit in well uh, with what Josh McDaniels wants to do. But just as far as GN head coach, defensive coordinator, I think the Raiders knocked it out of the park. So I mentioned it in segment number one that a lot of folks nationally have been giving the Raiders a lot of love for all the guys they've been able to bring in. And there's Doug Kide right there talking about the staff that the Raiders have put together and thinks that Josh McDaniels is going to do a heck of a job. And I'll tell you right now, I know I was a little skeptical at first, and, and part of it was me just being selfish, thinking that Josh McDaniels wasn't going to want to talk to the media very much. And that doesn't even matter. He might not talk to the media at all. That's fine. As long as he can go out there and coach and find a way to get dubs, that's all that really matters. But again, I was just being selfish from well, my point of view, and, and that's okay. That's okay for us to do that as well, but at least I'm honest about it. So uh, some good reviews right there from Doug Kai talking about the coaching staff. And so someone else who's on the coaching staff that I don't know a whole lot about is offensive line coach, the new offensive line coach, Carmen Brasillo. Uh, I asked Doug, hey, what should Raider Nation expect from him? Kind of what is his coaching style? Give us a little background on Carmen Brasillo. Yeah, he's, he's a really smart guy, uh, you know, very good with players. Players like him quite a bit. Uh, yeah, it was an interesting situation where in 2020, 
him and Cole Popovich served as co-offensive line coaches. And I think that Cole Popovich kind of led that group, whereas Carmen Brasillo worked a little bit more with the rookies. Then heading into 2021, Cole Popovich essentially opted out over the vaccine mandate, which then pushed Carmen Brasillo up into that lead role. And for a while, I know that, you know, Patriots fans weren't extremely high on Carmen Brasillo just because the unit was dealing with some injuries. They struggled a little bit early in the season, but I think that he, he pulled the group together really well over the second half of the season. And I think that that's one of the reasons why Josh McDaniels showed the faith uh, to bring him to Las Vegas and serve as that offensive line coach. So he's a guy who learned under Dante Scarnecchia. There's not a, a better teacher that you can learn under for a few years there. Uh, so I, I think that that was a, another uh, you know smart hire by Josh McDaniels, it, essentially just really given what Priscilla was able to do with the Patriots in 2021. So there you go. There's Doug Kai talking about new offensive line coach Carmen Priscilla for the Raiders. And I'm not going to lie to you, my man DeMond, who was on the show with me, he actually asked about Trent Brown because he's a free agent. Is there a possibility Trent Brown could return to the silver and black? And I basically shut that down and Doug kind of laughed and giggled about it. So I'm not even going to let you hear that soundbite because I don't think there is any chance that that happens. Trent Brown, we all know, just never was available. He was a hell of a player when he was out there, but was only out there. 50% of the time. So I'm not even going to touch that one. Again, DeMond was out there kind of almost trolling a little bit while he asked that question. So I'm not going to go there with Trent Brown. But I did ask him what he thinks the Raiders' approach is going to be in free agency since the new regime is intact. And he does know those guys pretty well, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. You know, usually the way you see it when guys come from New England is that they, they try to sign free agents or try to trade for players that they're familiar with. Just because culture is so important in New England, they want guys that they know that they can coach, that are coachable, that know the system, uh, that, that know, you know how things are done in a New England system. So I definitely would not be surprised if some of the guys who are free agents with the Patriots right now, you know, like Dante Hightower or you know, Ted Karras, some of these guys uh, who are hitting free agency in March, if they sign any of them, or some of the other guys around the league who previously spent time with New England, the big names there would be Stephon Gilmore, Akeem Hicks, uh, someone like Cordero Patterson or Sonny Michelle. I know not all of those are big needs on the Raiders, but I, I do expect quite a few of those guys who did spend time in New England uh, to be brought to Las Vegas. So there you go. You hear him talking about the New England guys, Dave Ziegler, Josh McDaniels, will probably go with guys that they're very familiar with. And there's a lot of guys with New England ties that are free agents, both that are currently on the team or were part of the team last season and guys across the league that have been with New England at some point. And I'll give you the whole rundown of the list uh, at the end of this segment, but uh, there's a laundry list, a big long list of guys. But he did mention Stephon Gilmore, and that's a guy that I mentioned before. Uh, obviously, I think that uh, J.C. Jackson would be the number one target for me as far as defensive back goes because he's absolute dog. I think he'd be a hell of a pickup for the Raiders, but I just don't think that that is uh, very reasonable. You know, there's a slight chance, I guess, but not as reasonable. But a guy like Stephon Gilmore, a little bit older, I think that he would be a good fit. So I asked him just that. You know, hey, Patrick Graham is the new defensive coordinator. How much do you think Stephon Gilmore would be a good fit in the silver and black? Yeah, I think he'd fit in great. It is that New England system. Uh, that, that Stephon Gilmore played in for so many years. I know Patrick Graham hasn't been in New England for a while, but you know he asks his players to do similar things. Uh, you know, lots of cover ones and cover zero. Uh, really depends on his cornerbacks to to cover really well. So I think that that would be a good fit. And you know, having the Raiders, uh, you know, coming from a, a Gus Bradley defense where there's a lot of cover three, it, it's it's going to be a different system. So I think over the next few years, you're probably going to see a 
a, a decent amount of turnover there on their defense. And having a guy like Stephon Gilmore, I know that he's getting up there in age a little bit, but, you know, the way that players talked about him in Carolina, they still said that, you know, you can basically trust him to cover a third of the field or, or maybe even, you know, half, half the field. You can trust him to cover a number one wide receiver. So despite the fact that he's dealt with some injuries, that he is a little bit older, I think that would be a, a really smart signing for the Raiders uh, to start building that defense that they want. So there you go. There's Doug Kide from Pro Football Focus. His thoughts on Stephon Gilmore and how he'd fit in that Patrick Graham defense. And you hear him right now, even though he's a little bit older, sounds like he'd be a really good fit and still does a great job of holding down a portion of the field, either a third of the field or even half of the field. And that's all you could really ask for. So my final question I had for Doug had to do with wide receivers that are out and available, but they're coming off an injury, coming off torn ACLs. I mentioned OBJ. Uh, he'd be a guy that I would pound the table for if he wasn't coming off that ACL. ACL tear in the Super Bowl. Michael Gallup from the Cowboys, ACL tear. Many have mentioned to me Chris Godwin from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, ACL tear. So what are Doug's thoughts on those three guys in particular? How quickly does he think they'll be able to sign deals since they are coming off those ACL tears? You know, I think they will probably sign right away. I, I heard on, on Michael Gallup that the current expectation is that he'll be back in August. Uh, you know, might be kind of creeping up against the start of the season, but I think those guys will sign pretty quickly, but they might only wind up garnering one-year deals. And that might be the smart way for them to play it, really, because I don't know if a team's going to want to sign Chris Godwin or Michael Gallup to a market deal with them coming off of torn ACLs. So if they can't get that top market deal, maybe it's smarter to sign a one-year deal and then go back to free agency in 2023 when the salary cap will be higher, when they will have been able to you know, prove themselves in 2022. Because at this point in the NFL, you know, guys can come off torn ACLs pretty quickly, but there still might be a little bit of hesitancy from teams before they can actually see them on the field fully healthy for training camp. So, yeah, like I said, I think they'll sign right away, but you might, you might see them sign shorter deals just to, to get fully paid in 2023 and beyond. And, and it's, it's an interesting class. It really is because uh, the three guys that you mentioned there, Chris Godwin, Michael Gallup, and Odell Beckham Jr., all coming out for an ACLs. And then two, you know, really highly thought of draft prospects as well, Jamison Williams and John Mechie, both out of Alabama. Yep. They're both coming off 20 ACLs as well. I just can't remember one position group having so many players coming off of season-ending injuries uh, heading into one offseason. So there you go. There's Doug Kite's thoughts on the three guys coming off torn ACLs, OBJ, Michael Gallup, and Chris Godwin. It'll be interesting to see where they go, how quickly they get signed up. Uh, I think OBJ returns to the Rams. Michael Gallup, that's a, a big mystery, and Chris Godwin is the same for me. It's a big mystery. I'm not sure where those two guys go. I do think that OBJ, though, will end up back with the Rams trying to run it back, and they'll be patient and let him come back. And it's the same ACL he tore 16 months ago, so that's very unfortunate. It may take him way deep into the season before he he's able to return but we'll see what happens when it comes to Odell Beckham Jr. So that's what I got for you. Oh no before I forget I do want to go over the list of the top Patriot free agents and other players with a history in New England that are going to be hitting free agency just names to look out for. I'm not saying that the Raiders are going to go sign all these guys but don't be surprised if you hear a handful of these guys uh, being talked to by the silver and black. So right now the Patriots top free agents safety Devin McCourty tackle Trent Brown, 
linebacker Dante Hightower, linebacker Jamie Collins, cornerback J.C. Jackson, guard center Ted Karras, uh, special teamer Matthew Slater, running back James White, running back Brandon Bolden, and quarterback Brian Hoyer. Out of all those guys, I can see McCourty being signed. I can see Hightower being signed or at least approached. Uh, Jackson would be a dream for me. I think that that would be awesome. Uh, guard center Ted Karras, I can see him being approached by the silver and black because they do need to shore up that offensive line. Uh, Matthew Slater, a special teamer, running back James White. I can see all those guys having interest from the Raiders. I'm not saying all those guys are going to get signed, but I could definitely see them all having some interest by uh, Dave Ziegler and also Josh McDaniels. And then other players with a history in New England that are hitting free agency, cornerback Stephon Gilmore talked uh, in great length about him, defensive lineman Akeem Hicks, tight end Rob Gronkowski, quarterback Jacoby Brissett. Look for him to possibly be a backup there with the Raiders. I'm just saying, throwing that out there. Tackle Nate Solder. I think he's a, a, a little bit older than he needs to be, so I'd pass on him. Uh, Cordero Patterson, obviously he has history with the Raiders as well. Running back Sony Michelle, that'd be a guy I look out for. Cornerback Justin Coleman, safety A.J. Moore, uh, linebacker Landon Roberts, wide receiver Danny Amendola, tight end James O'Shaughnessy, tackle Cameron Fleming, defensive back Jason McCourty, safety Nate Ebner, safety Deron Harmon, wide receiver Muhammad Sanu, uh, defensive lineman Danny Shelton, wide receiver Demir Bird, safety Tavon Wilson, and tight end Jacob Hollister, along with linebacker Brandon Copeland. So those are all the guys out there. I told you it was a long laundry list. Those are all the guys that have New England ties, and the ones I gave you before are the top free agents that that are currently with the New England Patriots. So just keep an eye out on those. I'm not saying all those guys are going to get signed. No way, no how. But just look out. There may be a handful of those dudes that end up with the Raiders. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Lots of comments on the trade proposals that Peter Bukowski threw out to me on Monday. A lot of great feedback from that. We'll get to as many as possible coming up in segment number three. Before I get to any of that, though, I do want to tell you about our good friends at rockauto.com and anyone who likes to fix up their own car, rockauto.com is the place for you. You can save time and money when you using Rock Auto. And you don't have to spend up to 30, 50, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership. RockAuto.com will help you save that kind of money. They're a family business, been serving auto park customers online for over 20 years. And again, I go back to the prices because it's so important. They're super low for every single customer. They have everything you need, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil. If you need carpet in your car, They've got carpet for you. All you got to do is go to the website, rockauto.com, click in what you need, boom. It's super easy to navigate through the website. You'll find it. You'll get the the price. You make the order, and boom, it comes right to your door. You never have to leave your house. Then all you got to do is go to work on your car. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. While you're there, the only thing I ask you to do is there's a box that said, how'd you hear about us? Just write Locked On Raiders Podcast. That's how they know that I sent you and I'm doing my job. Great selection, great low prices. All the parts your car is ever going to need is a one-stop shop. It's rockauto.com. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number, and a lot of these calls are responding to the trade proposal thrown at me by Peter Bukowski, host of Locked On Packers. Had it on Monday's show. Thought it was some really good content, and obviously you did too because there was a lot of feedback, so I definitely appreciate it. Let me go over the trades right now, so just in case you're tuning in for the first time and you didn't hear Monday's show, you'll know what we're talking about. So the two trades that Peter threw my way. The first one, 
you'd get Devontae Adams. The Raiders would get Devontae Adams on a tag and trade, so the Raiders would have to pay him, and the Raiders would have to give Green Bay a 2022 first-round pick plus second-round pick Trayvon Merrick from a year ago. So a 2022 one, and Trayvon Merrick goes to Green Bay for Devontae Adams on a, on a tag and trade, so the Raiders would have to pay him. And then the other trade was Derek Carr, a 2022 first and a 2023 first, for the rights to Aaron Rodgers. So you're giving up all that for Aaron Rodgers. Carr plus a 2022 first and a 2023 first for the rights to Aaron Rodgers. So those were the two trade proposals that Peter Bukowski hit me with on Monday's show. Uh, I broke down what I would do and why I didn't take either one of those trades. I did say I would tweak them. I would look at them and, and we could renegotiate, you know, because I'm very intrigued by the Devontae Adams, but I didn't want to give up a first and Trayvon Merrick. I'll give up a second and Trayvon Merrick, but not a first, even though I know uh, the first is number 22 overall, which is kind of close to the second round, but you don't get that fifth-year option with the second round. So I think that fifth-year option is very valuable. So I would actually have to push back, send it back to Peter and say, hey, we got to renegotiate this, but we can get somewhere with this Devontae Adams trade. Uh, the Derek Carr trade for me was just way too rich. Uh, you know, I'd give up the 2022 first and 2023 first, but not Derek Carr because I'd want to trade Derek Carr somewhere else so I can get some assets in return. But that's just me. So I want to hear from you. 707-654-4693. Let's start things off with Rick in Arizona. He's calling to talk about those trade proposals that I talked about on Monday's show, and he's pretty fired up about it. Here he is, Rick in Arizona. Hi, this is Rick Nolan, Arizona. Hey, man, we, we can't be we can't give all that up for those guys. I mean, that's way too much to give up. I mean, and we cannot give up Derek Carr. No way would I give up Derek Carr for Aaron Rodgers. Especially two first rounds. I could get, we could get two first round picks from half the league. And Trayvon Merrick? No, I won't give him up either. But I'll give him a first round pick for, for, uh, Devontae Adams. I'd be good with that. But, man, we just couldn't handle him. I mean, I gotta, you gotta think that Trayvon Merrick is worth a first round pick. So that'd be like giving up two first round picks. So I'll give him one for Devontae Adams. But and I don't want to trade Derek Carr at all, especially for Aaron Rodgers. It'd be good for maybe one year. He'd probably get hurt in preseason anyway, and put him be playing the rest of the year. Then we get rid of, then we're gonna get rid of Mariota, and we're gonna end up with Peterman. I just see how that goes. I couldn't do it. I just can't do it. I I'd die. Anyways. That's my rant. Thank you for the call, my man. I believe that was Rick in Arizona. Said his name kind of quickly, but I think that's what you said. And, hey, I don't mind the rant, man. I like it. I like the passion behind it. And I understand what you're saying about Rodgers. He's getting a little bit older. And, actually, on Monday night, he put out a, a, a tweet or Instagram post, and it really sounded something very close to a goodbye. And I don't know if that means he's retiring or if he's leaving Green Bay, but uh, put out a pretty lengthy uh, post. So that's something to pay attention to. He may be retiring anyway, so none of it might matter. But as far as the Devontae Adams and, and not giving even up Trayvon Merrick. Trayvon Merrick, I think, is going to be a really good player. I was excited when the Raiders got him, but he hasn't done enough. He's not one of those guys that is untouchable on the Raiders roster, and really, they don't really have any. I mean, I think that they have a couple guys that may be as close to untouchable as possible, but not really. You know what I'm saying? So uh, if you want to improve the team in a major way, uh, including Trayvon Merrick in a trade, wouldn't be a bad thing. I just wouldn't give up a first-round pick and him. I'd give up that second-round pick and him, and really, we're kind of splitting hairs there anyway. So uh, to get it done, if you think Devontae Adams which I do believe can get them over the top, why not go for it? But uh, thank you so much for that, that call. I do appreciate you, my man. Next up, I got a text from Paul and Luke in the ATL. Yo, Q, Paul and Luke in the ATL. We want you to be the Raiders GM, my dude. <laughs> we agree with you regarding the proposed Packers trades. Here's a counterproposal. Derek Carr to the commanders for a first-round pick that we hope to take Sauce Gardner with. And then 2022 and 2023 first and second-round picks and Trayvon Merrick to the Packers for Rodgers and Adams. This is basically a second and Merrick for Adams and two firsts and seconds for Rodgers. Thoughts? That's from Paul and Luke in the ATL. And thank you so much for that text, my man. I appreciate you. And 
I, I mean, I like your language. I like the language you're speaking. That means the Raiders end up with Sauce Gardner and with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. That would be, you want to talk about going all in, that would be going all the way in. And I would be okay with giving up Trayvon Merrick. I really would uh, if that scenario were the way it, sh- it shook out. So uh, that's another one. Maybe I'll send it to Peter Bukowski and see what he thinks. And uh, and if that's the case, then maybe I'll send, a, I'll send the trade as well to the Washington football team. Might be able to bring in both of those guys. Maybe I have that on tomorrow's show. Yeah, I, I like your forward thinking on that. That's from Paul and Luke in the ATL. Appreciate you. Next up, we got a call from ABA Ivan Davis. He's calling to talk about the trades that were proposed on the show and tells you why he wouldn't and would make the trades. Here he is, ABA Ivan Davis. Hello, this is ABA Ivan Davis. This is ABA Ivan Davis. I'm calling regarding the trades that you put on the podcast. Uh, the first trade uh, involving Trayvon Merrick, uh, if I had to choose between that one and, and, and Carr, I would definitely do Merrick's trade, okay, whether it's a second round or something like that, okay, uh, I, w- I, would, I would make that move if it improved the team, okay, and got us the wide, that wide receiver. But as far as the Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Carr swap, no. And for one reason and one reason only. You traded two first-round picks, but you're not trading two first-round picks. You're trading four first-round picks. So Garrett Carr can fetch you two first-rounders by himself. I promise you, you can get two first-round picks with Derek Carr. So, uh, yeah, you get Aaron Rodgers. And, yeah... Uh, he would improve the team. But here's a stat that people don't pay attention to on Aaron Rodgers. If you get pressure on him, his QB rating is 58. You don't get pressure, his QB rating is 120. That is a big difference. So that, what does that mean? You better have an O-line to protect him, and we do not. Okay, and so uh, that would mean a major investment in the offensive line, okay, for Aaron Rodgers. Okay, anyway, uh, that's how I see it. You know, Derek Carr is worth two by himself. So anything other than that, us getting two first-rounders, can't trade Derek Carr. All right, thanks, Q. Have a great day. There he goes, ABA Ivan Davis. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And I don't know if Carr is getting two first-round picks. I really don't think he is. You know, I know that was floated out there, what, a season ago? Uh, But I think that was a lot of home cooking floating out there just to kind of see what the reaction across the league was. I don't see Derek Carr fetching two first-rounders. I don't. Now, one first-rounder, sure. One and a three or one and a two, sure. I don't see two first-rounders. I, I just don't. But that's just me. You know, if a team gets desperate enough, maybe they would. But I did make the point on Monday about giving him uh, to Green Bay that that would be all bad because you'd miss out on flipping him. Again, I'd be okay with getting Rodgers, getting Devontae Adams, but and sending what you have to send to Green Bay to get those guys. But I don't want to send Derek Carr as well because I'd want to send him somewhere else and get as much in return as possible, at least a first-round pick. And uh, as it was mentioned from Paul and Luke in the ATL, uh, that Washington Commanders first-round pick, I don't even know why I call him the Commanders. Man, that's the Washington football team. Their first-round pick, that would be ideal. You get him, and or you get that pick, and go and get a Sauce Gardner with that, I'm all in. My offseason is made. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the one. Every year there's a guy that I'm pounding the table for early, right? This is the one. Sauce Gardner, I'm going for him from right now all the way up to draft day. I don't know what's going to happen between now and then, but that is the dude that I will pound the table for for the Raiders to go and find a way to get it done 
in round one. Thank you so much for your call, my man. I appreciate you. Next up, got a pretty lengthy text from Dave B in the 757. He says, Dave B in the 757Q, just wanted to pile on on the offseason roster moves, topics, and what moves we might take, if any, to keep this thing rolling in the right direction. Before we talk about potential trades of existing players or moves we might make in the draft, I think it's important to look at Ziegler and what he was a part of in New England. There's an interesting article from NESN last year, and then there's a, a, a link to an article, Patriots Draft Trades Lessons from Bill Belichick's Trading History. So it goes on to say, it details what kind of moves the Pats have made under Belichick and, more importantly, what we can reasonably expect from Ziegler. We all know Bill called the shots, but Ziegler was likely part of the process. My initial take is that the Pats generally made moves to build draft capital, build roster depth, or address team needs without giving up a whole lot. Also appears that they never really went after or have given up high-profile players. With that preliminary take, how do you think that factors in some of the moves you discussed recently involving Carr, Adams, or Aaron Rodgers? Keep up the great work. Please keep an eye on that podcast equipment. Can't have a week without you again, brother. Raiders. That's from Dave B. in the 757. Thank you so much for that text, my man. And yeah, Traditionally, the Patriots weren't a team that went super heavy in free agency of the big names, but they did last year. Remember all the moves they made, including going and getting Hunter Henry from the Chargers, getting Nelson Aguilar from the Raiders, uh, giving them big money. Uh, matter of fact, they had a couple tight ends that they brought in. I mean, they went out and spent some money in free agency. They've made some moves and shaken in the draft. What I've been learning about Dave Ziegler is apparently he's really aggressive. Now, he may be more aggressive than Bill Belichick, so he might have been, I don't want to say handcuffed by Belichick, but a little bit handcuffed. So I think that we're going to see a little bit more aggressiveness than usually you see from the Patriots, which to me is exciting because, again, going back to the trades we were talking about, talking about Carr, Adams, or Aaron Rodgers, I don't think Carr's going anywhere. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is coming in. I do think that there's a, a scenario where the Raiders make a trade for Devontae Adams. I could totally see that if someone franchises uh, Adams. I could also see them making a move for J.C. Jackson if he's franchised in New England. But those are the two trades that I'm really looking at that I think that uh, you might see Dave Ziegler pull the trigger on. I think this team in this front office is going to be very aggressive with what they do as they try to build this team. They didn't come to the, the Raiders and they didn't come to Las Vegas to be build, part of a building process. They came to win. And I think that they're going to try to win sooner rather than later. I'm not saying that they're going to go all in like the Rams and the, the Buccaneers did the last two years, but I feel like it's going to be something close and similar. So I think they're going to make some moves to clear up some cap space to get closer to 40 to 45 million than they are right now at the 20 million. And then they're going to be pretty aggressive in the guys that they bring in. But again, that's just my gut feeling. And just based off of different people I've talked to throughout this process, getting to know Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels. Thank you so much for that text. So let's go ahead and get one more call on today's show, run a little bit long on time Raider Dot he's going to close us out calling to talk about the trade proposals and what he'd do as far as the multiple trades go here he is Raider Dot what's going on Q is Raider Dot the trade offer to get Devontae um the first round pick this year and Trayvon Merrick um I believe that's something I'll go ahead and do um the type of defense that we run um a lot of plays like don't really come to him like that. Like he had a few plays where he missed a few tackles or made a few tackles or deflected a few balls or even dropped a couple of interceptions. But for the most part, to get Devontae, he's in. He's out of here. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Um, I do agree with you tr about trying to drop that first round pick to a second pick, but. My thing is I think that trade is only happening with a first-round pick. That trade is only in discussion if the first-round pick is involved because Devontae is worth a first-round pick. Now, you can trade – you know, you can switch which player, but 
I don't even think that trade is even in discussion if they're not talking the first round pick. Now for the second trade offer for for Aaron Rodgers for me, I think we that that's something we'll just pass on anyway because one, we're we are trying to get Devontae, and I think Josh McDaniels and his staff, I think they are dedicated to Derek Carr. Um, I think they think they can win with Carr. That's one of the reasons why I think they're that he's our coach, and that's also why I think it 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 took us longer than expected, sort of to land a coach because in my opinion I think most of the guys that were getting interviewed were that their Derek Carr was not in their plans. That's just what I think possibly. Um but I do think Josh McDaniels think he can win with Carr. So I so I would most definitely dump the second trade altogether. But the first one, oh yeah, I'm right there with you. Um Trayvon in the first for Devontae uh, he's out of there. I'm just serious. Um, I think the the players we got on defense, they learned a lot last year, and they could take that and develop even more. And if for Devontae, Trayvon is gone. Um, that that's just me. Um, maybe if he landed a couple of those turnovers, maybe if he didn't miss a couple of tackles or not even a nitpick on that, maybe if he just played at a higher level that made him untradeable. Then yeah, but other than that, man, he's out of here. All right, man, I'll let you. There he goes. That's Raider Dot right there talking about the trades, and he's all aboard with the 2022 first round pick and Trayvon Merrick for the rights of Devontae Adams. You get him as a franchise tag pickup. I don't like the one in trade, but you know, I guess I could be convinced of it. I'd much rather do a two, uh, but it's close to a one, and the only difference is that the two doesn't come with the fifth year option. Uh, Carr, you're taking that trade off the table no matter what, and that's okay. And you know what? Uh, given Aaron Rodgers' uh, post that he put out on Monday night, it might not matter. It sounds like he's really close to retirement. Retirement. It sounds like that uh, the post just reading it and just going off what my gut feeling says. It's a it's a goodbye. That was a goodbye post. So it feels like he's about to retire. I know that the GM of the Packers has a press conference he's going to do on Wednesday. Some are reporting it's Tuesday, but I, I thought I saw where it's going to actually be on Wednesday. So I would not be shocked at all to hear Aaron Rodgers retire as of Wednesday. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, I think Carr is going to be the guy in, in Las Vegas with the Raiders, and I think Devontae Adams if. Aaron Rodgers does actually hang it up, then he'll be on his way out of Green Bay. And they'll franchise him, and then some team will have the opportunity to go make a trade for him and bring him in, and the Raiders could be one of those teams. So uh, this is going to continue to be a story until it's not a story. But uh, I like all the feedback that I've been getting on the trades. Again, I'm going to try to reach out to Peter Bukowski and throw out there what Paul and Luke and the ATL had to say as far as a rebuttal, as far as the trades go, and then I'll reach out to the Washington football team as well and throw out their uh, their trade proposal uh, to them as well. So we'll probably have that on tomorrow's show. I'll see what kind of response I get from those. But uh, good stuff. Again, appreciate all the feedback here on the show. So until tomorrow, we'll have more calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, more news and notes of the day, and uh, hopefully we'll have some, uh, some comments on those trade proposals as I throw them back to Peter and uh, the host of the Washington football team as well. So Until then, Rare Nation, stay safe, take care of your family, do what you got to do, and most importantly, as always, just win, baby.